I actually, that was one of the reasons why I chose to go into dental hygiene um, rather mm. than choosing to be a dentist is I very much view it as kind of a public health role. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Careers with Dr. Martin, a podcast show that pulls back the curtain on what a career in health and wellness is really like. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Martin. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. Really glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking with a healthcare professional who's really excited about her job, so much so that besides just the clinical work she's doing, she's doing advocacy, she's helping educate students and patients, and also using her degree to help educate the public in public health arena. Uh, and so that was very enlightening to me that she's using her degree to, to cover so many different bases in trying to help people. And so today we're going to talk with Sarah Liebkamen in North Carolina, and she is an RDH, a registered dental hygienist. She's so excited about her career that she's actually pursuing a master's in dental hygiene, and she does a lot of other wonderful things um, in oral health because oral health, as we'll learn, is always on her mind or often on her mind. And so she's doing a lot of other things to help bring awareness and good traits and good education to patients. So that's who we're going to listen to, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, if you think this podcast, this episode, or other episodes are great, and you think I deserve it, please give me a five-star rating on whatever podcast app you are using. If you think it's worth a comment, hopefully pleasant versus not so pleasant, that'd be very welcome and would love to hear feedback from you. And of course, you can always check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmarn.com or hcwithdrmarn.com. And you can check out the blog post from this guest and other guests and also the links on how to check out their uh, social media or any websites that they have or, of course, just get hold of them. So that's what I want to let you know about. Without further ado, let's jump into it. It's Sarah. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Let's just jump into it. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bio? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Sarah Liebkeman. I'm a registered dental hygienist. Um, I earned my bachelor's degree in dental hygiene from UNC Chapel Hill um, pretty recently back in 2019. And uh, since then, I've just been earning my master's degree in dental hygiene education um, also from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Excellent. Now, as a dental hygienist, what do you do clinically to help people? Yeah. So the, the main thing that I do clinically to help people um, is helping them prevent disease. So we do a lot of motivational interviewing with patients just to kind of learn about their values, about their oral health goals and help them maintain health. And then we also do um, a lot of non-surgical periodontal therapy for people who have um, gum disease. So things like gingivitis or periodontitis where um, their gums have infection, uh, that's the type of thing we do procedures to help remove that infection and get them back on the path to health. And what are the usual steps to becoming a hygienist? It's actually really straightforward. So um, to be a clinical dental hygienist, all you need to do is an associate's degree. Uh, they're offered at a lot of different community colleges. Um, so oh. it's something that you can do right out of high school. You just do the prerequisites and uh, you can just jump right in and, and then start practicing clinical dental hygiene. Uh, there's other career options available as well. You can get into advocacy, research, you can work at a university teaching, which is what I really like. 
But to have access to those types of careers, you would do either a bachelor's or master's degree in dental hygiene, which involves a little bit uh, a little bit more education. I see. So just to work as a hygienist, a clinical hygienist, all you need is a associate's degree. Yeah, that's correct. And how many years is that usually? It's only two years. Okay. All right. What do you love most about what you do? There's a lot of things that I love about what I do, but I think that um, the patience is always, you know, the biggest thing for me. Yeah. It's just seeing somebody make a breakthrough. A lot of patients just, it's, they, they don't know a whole lot about the importance of prevention. They don't know about how it's linked to their overall health. And so when they come in and, you know, we're able to make that connection and educate patients about that link between their oral health and the rest of their body, um, that breakthrough is really, really meaningful. I really like working with students as well. I think that being able to train the next generation of oral health practitioners and kind of help foster the same types of values that I think are really important, that patient-centered care, seeing students kind of adopt those values and then make that impact, it, it just feels like a ripple effect, you know? Like you yeah. feel like, okay, my influence is being able to to reach a lot further than it would with just me practicing independently. Um, and what is a least favorite part of your career? Hmm, I think... The least favorite part is some of the restrictions just that come with dentistry. Um, it's not something that is often reimbursed. I think a lot of people like just struggle kind of financially to be able to mm -hmm. have some of the options that we recommend. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place sometimes when patients really, really want to care for themselves and really want to take these steps. And there are external burdens that kind of prevent them from being able to follow through with some of those desires. It's very hard to see and, you know, your, your heart aches for them when you're in that type of circumstance. Well, Sarah, that's some great answers to my questions. It did lead me to ask myself some of these other questions that hopefully you can answer. You mentioned that you can become a hygienist with either a two or four year degree. What's the decision making process in that? Like, why would you choose one over the other? Yeah. So um, whether you have an associate's degree or a bachelor's degree or a master's degree, uh, all those dental hygienists are equally as qualified to provide clinical care. I think the main difference, again, is just kind of uh, opening up opportunities for other career pathways. So say you wanted to do um, research in a lab or you wanted to, you know, be an advocate or mm -hmm. you wanted to be a teacher or, um, you know, work for a big company like Colgate or Crest. Those are the types of opportunities that you would have available to you if you continued your education and did either a bachelor's or a master's degree in dental hygiene. Got it. Okay. And another question that I had come up with is what's the difference between a, what a hygienist does and a dentist, both of which do work in and around the, the mouth and teeth? Yeah, absolutely. In terms of kind of the area of focus, I feel like dental hygienists, again, we focus a lot on preventive care. So yeah. looking at before the disease process or trying to kind of get some of that gum disease um, under control. Whereas when the dentist steps in, a lot of times it's because there is something that needs to be fixed. There's already tooth decay. There's something that needs restorative work. So the dentist and dental hygienist kind of get to team up and uh, you know, each person takes that important role in the care team. In addition, um, the dentist is usually the one who owns the practice and kind of acts as the team leader. And so, you know, although the hygienist obviously should have a role in, in co-treating the patient with the dentist and work as a team, um, yeah. the dentist is usually the one managing the practice. Okay. Can a hygienist ever work solo? It depends on where you live. So in some states like California and Alaska, dental hygienists are more of a mid-level care provider. And so they can practice um, independently. 
Some states have it to where hygienists can practice independently, but only in areas where there is exceptional need. So in some of those mm-hmm. central deserts and high risk areas, and then um, other states, it's uh, it's very restricted. The scope of practice is very limited. Um, particularly where I live in North Carolina, you know, dental hygienist has to have direct supervision from a dentist at all times. So I already kind of want to jump into more meatier questions, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a story or an example of a patient that you've taken care of that made, a, made you feel like this career was a great choice for you. Yeah. So not too long ago, I had this very, very sweet patient who had not come in for a, a dental cleaning in a long mm-hmm. time. And, uh, you know, getting to know her and talking to her a lot, I think the biggest reason for her was that she had some gaps between her teeth. And she actually liked that once the plaque had built up and there was calculus, which is hard plaque, basically filling those spots, it seemed like there wasn't gaps in her teeth. And, you know, we had several appointments because the type of cleaning she needed was a very, very in-depth one um, Mm. that required, you know, where we numb the tissues and it was... uh, she, she came back, I think, for three or four appointments because it just took that long to remove everything. And over the course of our appointments, you know, we got to know each other. And, yeah. you know, I told her that I thought that her gaps gave her character smile. I have some people in my life how, who have those gaps. And I think that, you know, again, it gives their smile character. And, you know, I just told her that that's how I felt about it. I thought that they were very pretty. <laughs> and um, after that, I could notice just a big turn in her attitude towards it. Like being told that from my perspective, for for some reason had a very big impact on Mm. her and she really kind of embraced it and and leaned into it. And I noticed that her home care, as she came back to finish the the cleaning, you know, it it improved and she was cleaning her teeth a lot more consistently. And she said to me how big of an impact that statement had on her. So I think that that kind of just goes to show that getting to know your patients and why they do the things that they do is such an important step. Very often we kind of just think, okay, you know, we need to treat what the patient presents as. You kind yeah. of are treating the symptoms rather than the root cause. So for this patient, it was kind of an aesthetic concern. And say this patient had still had aesthetic concerns after I had said that, even suggesting treatment options on how to, re- you know, put some veneers or something like that to fill those those holes in between her teeth, mm-hmm. that may have had an impact and allowed her to embrace her oral hygiene routine. Um, and that's just a part of that patient-centered care that I think is so important when you're looking at prevention. That's awesome. How even words, you know, with intention can have a really powerful effect on someone's life. What's your typical day like as a dental hygienist right now? Yeah. So right now um, I'm earning my master's degree in dental hygiene education, mm-hmm. which basically means that I'm teaching students how to be dental hygienists. So a clinical day for us looks like um, going in at 8 a.m., And uh, I'll usually have about five students that I am supervising. And so each one of them is treating a patient. And I'll go in to kind of give some guidance and, you know, show some technique, things like that. And also do checkoffs and just kind of supervise the whole appointment. It can be a little bit challenging because, you know, patients come in with very differing needs. And so being able to keep track of each patient's needs and their health circumstance and bouncing around from operatory to operatory definitely requires a lot of critical thinking and, uh, and good note taking. <laughs> and so that continues till about five o'clock PM. Okay. And after that, I usually have meetings and stuff in the evening. Those usually wrap up around eight, nine o'clock PM. Wow. So long days. Yeah. Long days. <laughs> but that's also because you're in this master's program. Yes. Yeah. I Got think it. that for, um, hygienists who practice typically, you know, probably between 
eight to five, sometimes even eight to three, if you have a practice that um, has early ending hours. Got it. So in other words, most hygienists do not work as long as you do because you're you're also educating and also doing this master's program. Yes. Yeah. I think um, for hygienists who are in non-traditional careers like academia, the hours are probably a little bit longer. Got it. What misconceptions do people have about dental hygienists? I think a lot of people hear the word cleaning and they automatically associate it with, um, you know, getting their nails done or their hair done. It seems like mm. a very cosmetic thing. Um, and so not a lot of people tie it to health outcomes or really even recognize how related it is to their overall physical health. Yeah. So I think that's probably the misconception is that in real life, dental hygienists are actually, you know, health professionals that, you know, perform these procedures to help maintain good oral health. And then again, kind of help to address times when disease has already progressed into gingivitis or periodontitis. Maybe there needs to be a better word than cleaning. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of a <laughs> self-fulfilling prophecy because we use the word cleaning because it's what patients know, but then it also just reaffirms kind of that misunderstanding. So it's yeah. tricky. How would you describe your work-life balance as a hygienist? I really love my career. And so I think I fill a lot of my personal time with things that are related to dentistry because it brings oh. me joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that the times when I'm not thinking about oral health, it's probably when I'm hanging out with friends or family um, and spending quality time with the people that I love. But Otherwise, you know, even recreationally, I love to fill my time with things that are that are related to oral health. <laughs> what do you think the future outlook is like for dental hygienists? My vision for the future of dental hygiene definitely has to do with moving into that mid-level care provider role and being able to reach those populations who currently do not have access to the care that they so desperately need. A lot of times, again, um, those barriers can involve transportation issues, um, financial barriers, uh, sometimes even just fear of the dentist. There's a lot of dental anxiety that's prevalent. Yeah. So I think that looking at a place where dental hygienists can practice independently and then refer whenever there is that need for restorative work, I think would best utilize what hygienists are trained to do and, uh, and also reach those populations that so desperately need care. It almost sounds like public health. Mm -hmm. There's Absolutely. a role in public health for dental hygienists. Yeah, I, I actually, that was one of the reasons why I chose to go into dental hygiene um, rather mm. than choosing to be a dentist is I very much view it as kind of a public health role. There's a lot of potential for interprofessional collaboration because dental hygienists spend so much time with their patients, learning about their lives, learning about their circumstances, and very often will learn things that kind of, you know, raise flags for possible referrals to things like social work or nutrition mm -hmm. Um, and things like that. So I, I, I agree. All right. And what type of students would best flourish in this career? I would say that students who are empathetic, organized, and um, who are interested in having that kind of face-to-face -face patient contact would do well in dental hygiene. It definitely takes um, organization. I think that there's a lot of note keeping. There's a lot of meticulous documentation. But most of all, I think it's compassion. You want to approach your patients with empathy and a non-judgmental attitude. Um, I think that that's one of the most important keys to, to successful motivational interviewing. And yeah. So I would, I would advise any student who thinks that that type of role is appropriate for them to definitely take a closer look at dental hygiene. Yeah. Um, well, that's great information. I, hopefully uh, the, the students listening will key into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to jump into a little bit about you, Sarah. Mm -hmm. um, a little bit like your origin story. What were you like as a student? Were you someone that was very studious when you were in high school and such? 
I was. I was pretty studious in high school and, you know, I, I generally did pretty well. And then I went to university and I got my butt kicked in certain Whoa. classes. <laughs> you know, just at the beginning, you're taking some of those uh, yeah. more advanced sciences. And I definitely had a period where I questioned, you know, whether or not I had what it took to to be a healthcare provider. Yeah. And uh, luckily, you know, I was able to kind of pull myself up and um, power through. And I, I changed the way that I approached studying and it was very effective. I went from more of a passive learning strategy to a active learning strategy. And I mean, even just within that one class, I was able to take myself from, you know, barely struggling to get by to really flourishing and doing well. What did you do? What was the, what was the transition there for you? I'll I'll get into specifics. It was microbiology and um, I tried to learn everything. I had a great teacher and she gave us so much information, so much reading. And I really just was like, okay, I just need to learn everything. And so I read every page, I looked at everything, and I spent all day, every day studying for that class. And um, the issue was that I wasn't spending my time wisely. I should have spent more time studying the things that mattered and you know, not spent so much time learning some of the minutia that wasn't going to actually be relevant to what we were tested on. So it was more of making a transition from trying to memorize all the details to understanding the big picture and being intentional about the way that I studied and studying through a method that forced memory retrieval. So um, again, doing things like flashcards and uh, practice tests instead of just reading and looking at things. That was that that key transition. And I think that that might have even been one of the reasons why I decided that I wanted to be a professor because oftentimes students may think that they're struggling and they might think, oh, I don't have what it takes. And in reality, it's really just the approach that's that's off a little bit and needs a, a little bit of correction. So that was something that you kind of identified yourself or was there something or somebody that was mentoring you as well that helped you through that? I was lucky that I was able to figure it out for myself, I think. Um, I did go to office hours at my professor and she had told me that, I mean, I showed her all my notes and she was like, yeah. you need to be studying more deliberately. So she did kind of give mm. me that little that little tip off. Um, so that I was glad nudge. that I had, I had approached her and she, she yeah. gave me a little bit of a nudge um, and helped me out. So it was a little scary, though, to change the way that had been working for me for so long and to yeah. say, all right, like I, I have to make, you know, I have to take this chance and it's either going to work out really well or it's going to work out really poorly. So I'm what year was this? What year of college? This was in 20, hmm, I think 2016 or 2017. I was doing my prerequisites for the dental hygiene program. So this was before I was even in dental hygiene school. Um, I was just trying to get my my prerequisites to be able to enter the the bachelor's of dental hygiene degree program. Oh, so you're in school. college. You're in college already. Yes, my so my pathway, and we talked earlier about how associate's degree you can go straight out of um, yeah. high school and go to a community college. I went to a university because I had thought that I would do biology and then become a dentist. Uh huh. So that was my original intention. Was okay. I'm going to go to go to university. Again, get my science degree and then and then become a dentist and go into dental school. But then I learned about this dental hygiene, you know, that was your degree, that's your major. And I was like, oh, well, I could be able to see patients earlier if I took that path. I could, <laughs> you know, just do that and then major yeah. and then I'll go to dental school. And, uh, you know, during my time in the dental hygiene program, I just fell in love with dental hygiene. And I realized that everything that I wanted to do as a dentist, I could do as a dental hygienist without having to spend as much time and money in school. So, <laughs> yep. And that's a, that's a big factor that time and money. That's something to consider for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. When did you, so you really weren't thinking about being a hygienist in high school. 
No, no, not. You were thinking about being a dentist that first, maybe first one or two years of college, and then you changed degrees mid college to go into dental hygiene. Yeah, I didn't even know what the difference between a dentist and a dental hygienist was at that point.、Um, I just knew that I liked teeth a lot, and I was interested in oral health, and、uh, and I hadn't learned about dental assisting or dental hygienists yet. And so、um, once I got into college and I saw that program and I learned more、yeah. about it. That was when the the switch flipped for me, and I learned that a lot of these types of public health ideas that I was very interested in fit really nice in that niche with、uh, with dentistry as a dental hygienist. Got it. And were there other careers that you were considering at all? Um, <laughs> not not too much. I did think about maybe being a teacher, like an elementary school teacher,、yeah. or you know, in K through twelve. Um, just because I, I love working with students and I love. Seeing that light bulb go off,、um, and that's kind of another way that it worked out is even as a dental hygienist practicing clinically, there's a pathway to continue on and kind of find those niche areas. So for me,、mm-hmm. I found that in teaching. Is there anything that you can look back on that you would have done differently, Sarah? Things that I would have done differently. I guess I, w- I wish that I would have learned about. Dental hygiene in high school.、Um, I, you know, I wish I I would have heard this podcast and learned about all these different careers instead of just <laughs> thinking of the major ones like dentist, doctor.、Yes. You know,、yep. so、um, I think that that's you know one thing that I wish I would have done. And everybody listening to this is already a, a step ahead of me in that way because <laughs> they're they're exposing themselves to these these different career options that are so great and so needed. I'd like to jump into my fun questions at this point. My little rapid fire questions.、Uh, <laughs> you ready for it? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. What's your favorite dessert?、Uh, creme brulee. Wow, that's quick. Who is your favorite artist?、Um, da Vinci. What's something you could eat for a week straight?、Um, fried chicken. <laughs> nice. If you had to live in a different state, what would it be? California. All right. And do you currently own any stuffed animals? If so, what's their name? I do. I actually have one with me right here. <laughs> Let's see it. it oh my god! It's right next this to you. So, this is so nerdy. It's literally this is an instrument that we use. This is this、hygiene. is very nerdy, Sarah. <laughs> very nerdy. I know. I just exposed myself. Oh my god! Yeah, all right. An, so anybody that's <laughs> all right. So you know, obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on. I'm gonna try to put this on YouTube if the video looks good. But for people who can't see this, can you tell them what we're looking at? Yeah, so it's a plush、um, scaler. So a scaler is a type of tool that we use in dental hygiene to remove bacteria from underneath, you know, from the from the tissues. Okay. And,、uh, this is just a stuffed version of it. It has a little smiley face, and its hands are in the air. It's very cute. And, it、uh, is. Yeah. No purple <laughs> so, legs, purple arms. Yeah, it's got little purple legs and arms. <laughs> and you keep this in your room. I have it on my desk, which is where I am right now. I have a I have a bunch of. Probably seemingly nerdy dental hygiene things on my desk. So <laughs> you are really into oral、uh, health. That's awesome. I am. I'm, I'm a big nerd.、Awesome. <laughs> uh, I want to get into that at the end. Okay, let's continue on.、Um, and by the way, I did not expect that. I did not expect that.、Uh, what's your favorite clothing brand? Oh gosh,、um, maybe Anthropology. All right. What comes easily for you that is more difficult for other people?、Uh, listening. God, and it sounds like you are very good at that. <laughs> What are the greatest challenges you think people face today? I would say that a big issue people face is not having the the education to make informed decisions. Well, that's it, Sarah. That's it for the rapid fire questions. Thanks、okay. for、uh, participating in that. Yeah.、Um, I want to talk about briefly. You do artwork.、Mm-hmm. Can you tell、yeah. us about that and and why you're doing that? 
Sure thing. I see it on your Instagram feed. It's pretty awesome. It's <laughs> sure cute. Thing. Well, you know, one of the things that I don't get to do as a dental hygienist is is art, right? So dentists yeah. get to kind of shape teeth and mm. there's this huge artistic component that I feel like if there's one thing I'm missing out on by choosing dental hygiene over dentistry, it's probably the the artistry of, of being a dentist. So one of the ways that I like to embrace my artistic side is by creating educational oral health resources for kids. Yeah. Um, that their parents and teachers and, you know, other dental providers can use to help uh, engage them and excite them and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I just do it online. I, I have a little drawing tablet and um, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. Honestly, I think that pretty much anybody could teach themselves how to do it. And so um, if you're somebody who's artistically inclined and you're passionate about something, um, you should definitely, you know, lean into it and try to see, you know, a way maybe that you could give back to the world by, uh, by, by embracing your talents. So beyond that, I'm also creating a children's book for dental hygiene. I haven't finished it yet. I'm still working on some of the illustrations because I'm a bit of a perfectionist with it, but, uh, but it's called set sail for smile aisle and, uh, hopefully it'll launch set this sail. year. Mm-hmm. Set sail for? For smile aisle. Mm-hmm. Smile aisle. Yeah. Like an aisle of a grocery store? <laughs> like an island, like an island. Oh, aisle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And, and so, when is it going to come out? Probably in 2021. And um, the reason why I decided I wanted to make this book was because I see a lot of books about dentistry and dental hygiene that focus a lot on the actual, you know, brushing and flossing and stuff, but they don't really talk about why. And I also wanted to introduce a few different concepts relating to public health into the book. And so I'm trying to kind of weave those in in a way that's fun and exciting for kids and, uh, you know, is something that can get everybody excited. Well, I think that's fantastic. You know, I, you, if anybody's listening, gotta check out Sarah's artwork. She displays some of it on her Instagram feed, and it's really adorable. Great, especially if you are, you have kids, I think, and, and are interested in educating them. I think you also have some resources as well uh, on your yeah. links on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think that's great. That if you're if you're interested in that, check that out. Uh, but where can people find out more about you then, Sarah? Yeah, mostly on my Instagram. So my Instagram tag is sll dot stories, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm, I'm in the process of creating a, a website. So uh, TBD on that. But um, right now, you can reach me via my Instagram. Feel free to direct message me. Um, I'm always looking for opportunities to collaborate with people and connect. And uh, so, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, thanks for um, letting everybody know about that. You know, I just to to let everybody know. You know, I. I am connected to you because my wife recommended I reach out to you. My wife, the pediatric dentist, she loved the artwork you're doing and the artistry. Of course, she that was foremost on her mind because she came out with her own book on on pediatric dentistry, talking about you know about teeth and and when they erupt. So she said, "Hey, you gotta check out Sarah. Connect her." So that's how we got connected, and so glad I did. I think that's great, and you know, who knows? Maybe you and my wife can collaborate on something. But I'm very happy you came on this podcast, Sarah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And a big thank you to your wife for connecting us. And uh, <laughs> yeah, her, her book looks excellent. She has a lot of great resources as well. So, uh, so inspiring to see people, you know, lean in and, and use their, use their passions for, for a good purpose. All right, everybody. That's our show today. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about today's guests or other past guests, just check out my website, healthcareerswithdrmar.com or hcwithdrmar.com. Of course, if you like what you heard on this podcast, then please go to my website, add your name and email to my email list. That way you can get the latest announcements and news as they arise. You can also find me on Instagram at 
Dr. Richard Marn. That's Dr. Richard Marn. Thank you so much for listening, and catch you on the next episode.